We will worship God in the reading now and the preaching of his word. You can see in your bulletin that we're turning to Hebrews chapter 10 this morning. Hebrews 10. We launched this sermon series a few weeks ago now. Our theme in this series is what I've been calling the habits of grace. The habits of grace, the Christian life that we're called to live, it is a life that's all about the experience of God's grace. And it's a life in which we experience that grace, in part as He blesses our own regular, our own habitual efforts to seek and serve Him. The habits of grace. And remember, Our theme last Sunday, as we've been exploring this, our theme last Sunday was the habits of Jesus. Jesus himself, true man that he was, true and faithful man. Jesus himself lived a life of faithful, habitual, spiritual disciplines. In the midst of a busy and burdensome ministry, he would regularly steal away in private to pray. And not only that, but throughout the course of his life, he would regularly join the people of God in the worship of God. Our Savior lived a life of faithful, habitual, spiritual disciplines. It was good that he lived that way. It's one of the reasons he knew God's favor. It's also how he grew living that way. It's how Jesus himself, even the sinless incarnate Son, it's how Jesus grew in wisdom and in favor with God and man, as Luke tells us. So even in this, even when it comes to the habits of God's favor, which is our theme these days, even in this connection, Jesus went first. He led the way. And now from on high, he gives us grace so that we follow his lead. So that was last week, the habits of Jesus. This week, as I say, we're turning to Hebrews 10. And the reason we're turning there this week is that we're going to start this week focusing on particular habits that ought to mark our own Christian lives, including this one, going to church going to worship on the Sabbath day with the church. And that comes through here in Hebrews 10, so you can see in your bulletin that I'll begin reading for us at verse 19. We are going to focus on the last two verses, so verses 24 and 25. That's where we'll train our attention, but we'll back up a little bit, get a running start. And excuse me, I'll read for us beginning at verse 19. So listen now to the word of God. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience 
and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of Hebrews. It has remained a mystery throughout the history of the church who it was who wrote this. And yet we rest, Father, in this knowledge that ultimately you did. Whatever questions we may have, whatever conclusions we may come to about the human instrumentality by which we have these writings, we can rest in this. No mystery in this. This is your word. And we would hear these words today in that spirit. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening to you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Last weekend, they held the annual Grammy Awards. And as always, as part of the ceremony, they brought various pop stars up on stage to perform some of their various hits. One point during the Grammys this year, uh, they brought up Steve Lacey. And he played his hit, Bad Habit. Bad Habit. Not to be confused with the Ed Sheeran hit, Bad Habits. Plural. Bad Habit. Bad Habits. The point is, even woven into our popular culture, there's a recognition of the fact that we are indeed creatures of habit, And that can work against us. We are indeed creatures of habit, and some of our habits are not good. And that sobering, realistic recognition is also woven into Hebrews 10. Here our theme in this series is the habits of grace. Well, here's a Bible verse that has the word habit in it, but the habit it's referring to is not a good one. So this morning, as we make our way through these theme, this theme these days, here's an opportunity for us to think about habits, to think about rhythms and routines and so forth, and to do so in a way that is a warning as well as a calling. What if it's not your habit to come to church on Sunday and worship God with the people of God. And I say that knowing full well that I'm saying it right now to a bunch of people in this room who are here today and who are here practically every Sunday. So is this a classic instance of preaching to the choir? 
Well, I'll say this. Even the choir needs to be preached to. Even regulars need to be reminded and refreshed now and then. Even regulars need to be challenged now and then. Are you here every Sunday because your heart's in it? Because you're persuaded of this. Of the importance of this habit that you're practicing right now by being in this room. Persuaded of the goodness of it, the importance of it, the value of it as a habit of grace. So that you come here because of grace. Because grace has worked in you so as to practically drive you here. And so that grace is out ahead of you as that which you are reaching for and seeking to receive. So yeah, I'll preach to the choir without apology. And not only that, but it's also the case, we can acknowledge this as well, that there may be some who are here in this room or tuning in via Facebook or listening to the audio later. There may be some who are not heartfelt regulars when it comes to going to church to worship God. However, that's possible for you right now. So all that to say, let's all sit up and listen today. Let's all take this to heart, because we can all afford to. Hebrews 10. As I mentioned, we are focusing on verses 24 and 25. But I read for us beginning at verse 19, because if you back up just a few verses to 19, you can see where our two verses fit in, because verses 19 through 25 all run together. Verses 24 and 25 are, in a sense, the culmination of the whole passage. And if you'll excuse the awful pun, this Bible passage is good for you because there's a lot of lettuce in it. There are three heads of lettuce in this Bible passage. The first of them is right there in verse 22. Let us... Verse 22, let us draw near with a full, true heart in full assurance of faith. In other words, let us draw near to God. Let's avail ourselves of the reality that Jesus is a great priest who's made the way. That's the first, let us. And then the second of them is in the next verse, verse 23, let us. Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. In other words, let us hold on to the gospel, the good news, which is good news of hope. So those two heads of let us, and then the third of them, our verses in 24 and 25. Look at them again. Verse 24, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Those two verses, verses 24 and 25, we're going to 
mind the riches that are to be found there. If it helps you, you can think of the sermon this morning as an episode of Schoolhouse Rock, which recently celebrated, I think, its anniversary of some sort. In our sermon today, we're going to focus on one particular part of speech in these two verses, and it's the verbs. Today, it's all about the verbs, and there are five of them that I want to highlight, five verbs in our English translation. The first of them is stir. Stir. Look at verse 24. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. As Christians, sometimes our zeal can settle. Our hearts can settle down into a kind of carelessness and indifference. Our love grows cold. Our desire to do good works runs low. And so what do we need? We need to be stirred up again. We need to be stimulated, provoked, excited again to love and good works. And there are a host of ways in which we can do that for one another in our relationships with one another as brothers and sisters in the church. The relationships that we foster. The words that we say. The examples that we set. The lessons that we pass on. We ought to stir up one another like that. And of course, if we're going to do that, if we're going to do that as, as richly and as fully as we might, then there's no way around it. We're going to have to get together. We're going to have to be together. And that brings us to the second of our two verbs, which is meet. Look at verses 24 and 25 again. He says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And then he says, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. So what he's saying there in verse 25 is this. He's reminding them of a most fundamental aspect of the Christian life as a Christian, it's your calling to participate in the gatherings of the church. Your calling to participate in the gatherings of the church. That's the meaning of the Greek word in the New Testament that we have translated in our Bibles as church. The meaning of that word is simply assembly. That's just what it means to be the church. It's not some scattered demographic category. That's what comes to mind sometimes when people hear the word church. Like it's just a voting block. The category of Christians in the world. The church is more than that. The church is the assembly of the people of God. It means to assemble. It means to gather. It means to meet. And what he's saying here is, as a Christian, it's your calling to be a part of that. And to put it bluntly, speaking practically here, what that means is on Sundays you show up. And of course you don't just show up and occupy a chair. You show up with your heart as well as your body. On Sundays you show up 
in order to praise God, in order to grow in Jesus, in order to love your brothers and sisters in Jesus. You show up in order to glorify God and to enjoy him with the church. So that's putting it positively. But then notice, and this is when we start thinking about bad habits. He also puts it negatively. Because he says, don't neglect this. See that? Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. Bad habit. It was true back then in the first century. It's still true today in the 21st century that some Christians don't get this. Some Christians think that the gatherings of the church on the Sabbath day are pretty much optional. Some Christians think that the Christian life is such an individualized life that the meetings of the church on Sundays can be considered on a take-it-or-leave-it basis. And it just depends on how you feel, what your mood is when you wake up that day. And so they neglect this. And he says they neglect this as a matter of habit. And isn't that true, too? When you skip worship once, and then a second time, and then a third time, it starts getting easier to tell yourself that it's okay to skip it the next time. No, he says, meet together. Don't neglect this. Now, I hasten to add, obviously, There are some Sundays when you can't make it. There are some Sundays, and we've been reminded of this, especially in recent years, there are some Sundays when you shouldn't come. And there can be whole seasons. Again, speaking very practically here, there can be whole seasons when it's the course of wisdom for you to avail yourself of a live stream at home. But that's not neglect, right? That's just providence. But the point is, don't neglect this. Don't undervalue this. No, meet together. Show up on Sundays, whatever that looks like, given God's providence in your life right now. Show up on Sundays and show up with your heart. And remember the connection that he's making here. Right? We're making our way through these five verbs, but they're connected. Why is he telling them to meet? He's telling them to meet because that's a way to stir. So you see, our our first two of the five verbs go together. There's a connection. Our meeting together as a church, it has the effect of stirring up one another to love and good works. It has the effect of fanning the flame. It can stimulate and provoke and excite. It can do that because of the things that happen when we get together on Sundays. The singing of hymns and the proclamation of the gospel and and the conversations that we enjoy and the sermon discussion that we're a part of afterward. The things that happen when we get together on Sundays. 
But it can also happen, that this stirring up, I mean, simply by virtue of the fact that we get together on Sundays to do it all. I mean, just looking around the room right now, you ought to be stirred by the vision of those who are here in this room with you right now. That's stirring. Simply to be reminded that you're not alone in this. That there are all of these other folks who are committed to love and good works the way you are. I, I, I feel that every Sunday when I come. It's regularly the case that I'm the first one who gets here on Sunday morning. And I, I walk through those doors, and this room is quiet, and it's dark. And I, I have this whole checklist of all the things I do, this, this light switches that I flip and the things that I set up here on stage. And there's this lovely sense of anticipation for me. Even when the room is quiet and, and dark at first, because I know it's not going to stay that way. And already I start to feel stirred. And as I'm setting things up, up here on stage, those back doors start to open. And Greg and Sarah come and they get the coffee going. Thank God for Greg and Sarah. And the coffee. And Chris comes in and starts to set up the foyer back there. And the Caprenuses are here, making arrangements for the Lord's Supper. And then Tom walks through that door, almost exactly at the stroke of 8.30 every Sunday. And he and I catch up a little bit and start talking about the music together. And the folks come in, today it was Jason, to, to get the audio and the video set up. And I know downstairs the nursery is being arranged and set up too. And I tell you... It's stirring. This place becomes this little Shirley Gate beehive of worship prep. And then, as we get closer to nine, nine o'clock, the doors open more regularly. And I see you all come in and take your seats for the worship of God even before the service starts, even before any of it happens, I'm stirred up to love and good works as this room that was quiet and dark isn't anymore. It's stirring. You see, we meet our second verb, to stir our first. It's one of the blessings of this day, every week. So stir was the first, meat was the second. Here's our third verb to notice. And it is the word encourage. Encourage. Look again at verse 25. 
He says, don't neglect to meet together as is the habit of some, but instead, by way of contrast, encouraging one another. He's telling them to meet because that's a way to encourage, as Christians, sometimes we get discouraged. When we show up here on Sundays, we've been wrestling with our own sin for the six days since we were here last. And it's not like even Sunday is a day off from that. And we can feel beaten down by the world, the way it pushes and pulls us over six days. And maybe we feel worn out because we've been doing battle with our unseen enemies for those same six days. The world and the flesh and the devil discouraging, disheartening. But then we show up here on Sundays. And what happens? We sing and we pray. And we hear the word and we feast at the table. And we give and we receive and we drink coffee. And we catch up over coffee and tea and more. Encouraging. It's encouraging even if like me, you drink decaf. And so we don't leave here the way we came in. We can find ourselves encouraged after all. So stir, meet, encourage. Now here's our fourth. And it is the word consider. You see that one in there as well? Verse 24. That's how, he, that's how he gets into all of this. He says, let us consider. And this one, this one colors everything that we've talked about so far. The stirring, the stirring by meeting, the meeting in order to encourage. That's meant to be deliberate, intentional, thoughtful, not accidental, not inadvertent. Not, maybe it'll just happen. No, you, you consider. You, you plan. You plan to come on Sunday. And you determine to bring your heart with you when you come. And you think, you consider your brothers and sisters in Jesus who are going to be here too. And about opportunities that you might have to talk with them. To catch up with them over coffee and tea. In other words, these ought to be goals that you have. The stirring by meeting in order to encourage. It ought to be the case that you come on Sundays with those things in mind. Now that doesn't mean that those things are constantly going to be in the fronts of your minds. But every once in a while they should be. He says consider this. Think about this. Consider stirring. Because you know, you know from your own experience that your brothers and sisters around you might feel settled down in all the wrong ways. Consider meeting because your presence matters. Consider encouraging 
Because you know that your brothers and sisters around you might be discouraged. Consider. Isn't this an application of the golden rule, right? Do unto others what you would have them do unto you. Well, just stop and think about what it is that you need as a Christian from your fellow Christians, from brothers and sisters in the church. What you need from them in order for yourself to feel stirred and encouraged and then do that for them. Consider. And then here's the fifth of the five verbs. Stir, meet, encourage, consider. Here's the fifth, and it is the word see. S-E-E. Look at verse 25. How does he wrap all of this up? It's the last one. Verse 25, he says, all the more, all these things we've just talked about, he says, do them all the more as you see the day drawing near. All the more as you see the day drawing near. And this one too, this last one, colors everything else. Stirring, by meeting, in order to encourage, and considering it, all of that you ought to be about as you see a particular day drawing near. And of course, the day that he's talking about, it's the day when Jesus is going to come back. He's going to come back from heaven to earth. That is the day. So all of the stirring and meeting and encouraging and considering, why do it? Why should we be living this way? Well, there are a lot of answers to that question, and this is one of them. We ought to live this way in our relationships to one another as belonging to the church because we are mindful of the day that is coming, and we can see it. With the eyes of faith, we can see that day coming, even though we don't know exactly when it's going to come. And we've got to admit that. And we've got to give up these desperate, futile attempts to crack some Bible code so that we can name the future date. But still, we know that it's drawing near, and we know that that day when Jesus comes back, it's one day closer than it was yesterday. In some English Bible translations, the word day is printed with a capital D. And it's printed that way to communicate the idea that it isn't just any old day that we're talking about here. Not hump day, not groundhog day, not election day. My exhaustive internet research tells me that February 12th today is National Hug Day. As well as National Plum Pudding Day, if that is of interest to you. We, we like to name days. We like to invent days and invest them with some sort of significance. But it's not just any old day. Certainly not some repeated annual day that's in view here in Hebrews 10. It's the day when Jesus is going to come back. And we can see it. We can see it. 
And, and what do we see when we think about that day? Think about what that day is going to amount to. That's going to be Revelation Day. Because it's going to be the day when Jesus is revealed in glory and we, we who belong to him, we will be revealed too as the sons and daughters of God in him. Revelation Day. What else? It's also going to be Judgment Day. Because that's the day when Jesus is going to judge the nations. He's going to judge every person who's ever lived, and he's going to do so fairly and rightly. It's going to be Revelation Day. It's going to be Judgment Day. But one more. What else is it going to be? It's going to be Redemption Day. Because he's going to come back and, 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 and raise our bodies and make us whole again and renew the world and give us a renewed, beautiful world to be our everlasting home. In other words, he's going to complete our redemption, the meek shall inherit the earth. So that day, that capital D day, it's going to be all of that. Revelation day, judgment day, redemption day. And brothers and sisters, we can see it. Thanks to scripture. With the eyes of faith, we can see the end of the age. Now, What's the connection? Here, our our theme this morning is meeting together as the church. Right? Meeting together so as to stir, so as to encourage, and thinking about it, considering it. What on earth is the connection between all of that and the day that is coming that we can see? Well, again, just stop and think about what we just said about that day. Everything that it's going to amount to. If it's going to be Revelation Day, when Jesus is revealed and we are too, well then, let's get together now, Sunday after Sunday, and testify to the one who's going to be revealed. Our eyes are going to be fixed on Jesus that day. Well then, let's practice. Let's practice now. Fix our eyes on him now. Every Sunday when we meet. And if that day is really going to be judgment day. Well then let's get together now. Week after week. And testify to the one. The only one in whom forgiveness is to be found. The forgiveness that can make somebody ready for divine judgment. And if that day is really going to be redemption day. Then let's get together now every Sunday, and enjoy a foretaste of eternity. Because worship and fellowship, the kinds of things that we're about on Sundays, those will be at the heart of our eternal life together. So let's practice and not wait. It's a little like when you've got something really exciting that's coming up on the calendar. Maybe it's a family vacation. And the anticipation of that something that's on the calendar, it has a way of casting its light back onto everything that you're about leading up to it. Because you can see it. You can imagine it. 
And so all of the packing and all of the preparations, all of that's going on in light of the prospect of this trip that's coming that you can close your eyes and see. It can feel like the whole of your life, even the things that aren't directly related to that trip, it can feel like everything now is bathed in that light, that light from the future that's shining back on your present. Well, that's certainly true here. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back, but we know that he is. And the certain prospect of that day, it has a way of casting its light on our life as a church in the here and now every time we get together like this, every Sunday. So those five, friends, stir, meet, encourage, consider, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, how can we take this and bring all this to bear here? A few words of of application. First of all, I do want to say this to anyone who's gathered with us today who doesn't believe in the Lord Jesus today. It certainly is the church's message to you that you need to believe in Jesus, and, and I don't shrink back from that. And that's my message to you today. But I want you to understand there's more to it than that. Our message to you is more than believe in Jesus. It's also related to that. Join us. Join us. In other words, yes, believe in Jesus and then join the church. Not necessarily this congregation, but some church somewhere. Throw in your lot with this people that is the Christian church in the world. Yes, I know, there's sin and hypocrisy in the church in the world. I'm sure you've read about it. Maybe you've experienced it firsthand. I have too. I've experienced it firsthand as one who's been guilty of it myself. Every Christian is. But I can assure you that there are wonderful things here as well. There's a body of people here who meet to worship God Sunday after Sunday and who stir one another up to love and good works and who encourage one another. Join us. Sometimes you hear it said, well, I, you know, I might be, I might be interested in Jesus, but I, I don't believe in organized religion. And I, I get it. I know where that might be coming from, I don't believe in organized religion. But the Jesus who's offered to you to believe in, Jesus organized his religion. Jesus has organized, has called together a people and has provided in his word Guidance, directions, instructions as to what our life together can and ought to be. What a blessing that Jesus has organized his religion. Believe in him and join us. And as for those of us who have come to Christ by faith, 
Obviously, what we're talking about today has everything to do with what we do on Sundays. It it certainly has ripple effects the other days, Monday through Saturday. But let's focus on Sundays. I realize, if you remember this church, you are regularly reminded of what happens here on Sundays. Worship service, printed in the bulletin every Sunday. Worship service followed by the refreshments, followed by the sermon discussion and some classes on offer for our kids. So you're reminded again and again, and so maybe there's a part of you that's thinking, here he goes again. And he hasn't even gotten to the announcements yet. He's doing it in the sermon. Well, yes, without apology. Again, I don't shrink back from it. I am reminding you that if you're a member of this congregation, providence permitting, as you're able, you ought to be joining in in what happens here on Sundays. Now, I do want to underscore what I just said, providence permitting. If you're able, it may be that you're not able. Maybe you're not able to come to church in person or stay for the sermon discussion. Or maybe it's not just one Sunday here and there. Maybe it's an ongoing reality in your life right now. But I do want to challenge you with this. I want to remind you of one of the the promises you make, one of the vows we make as members of the church. The question is this. Do you promise to support the church to the best of your ability? Do you promise to support the worship and work of the church to the best of your ability? Not to the least of it. So what's your best? When it comes to participating in the life of the church, what's your best? And could it be that your best is better than what you've gotten used to, than what has become your habit? That's a question for all of us. And it brings us back to that verb, Consider, because you've got to think about this. If your Sundays these days aren't your best, consider what little steps can you be taking in that direction? Whether it's the way you arrange your day, maybe it's the way you go about your Saturdays with Sundays in view. Or maybe it's the way you're going to interact with your brothers and sisters in Jesus when you get here. What little steps can you take? Consider this. In the direction of supporting the worship and work of the church to the best of your ability. And consider those things. Thinking about the people who are sitting in this room right here, right now with you. Because they need you. And you need them. We need the body. We need the family. We need to be stirred. We need to be encouraged. Consider these things. Consider one another. Psalm 144 says this. Blessed are the people of whom this is true. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. Love that verse. As we take to heart these verses in Hebrews 10. 
will experience that blessed more, blessedness more and more. Blessed are the people of whom this is true. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord and who, who meet and who experience all that that meeting can be. May it be so. And let's pray together. Father, that is true of us. How blessed we are that this is true of us, that you are our God and we are your people. And how blessed we are that Sunday after Sunday we get to meet like this. Help us, we pray, to consider these things, to take them to heart, to support the worship of the church to the best of our ability. And thank you for your grace, which comes and strengthens and encourages. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.